Hello, this is Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories, obviously, and this isn't an ad, I promise. A few weeks ago, we were contacted by Sammy from Out of the Woods Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation. Sammy saw that there was a need for licensed rehabilitators in the Memphis area of Tennessee and set about creating Out of the Woods Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation. This autumn, the centre will open and take in squirrels, raccoons, foxes, opossums, cryptids and some species of birds. It costs around $250 to rehabilitate a baby raccoon and get them strong and fit enough to be released back into the wild. And unfortunately, there is little to no governmental assistance for projects such as this. We'll be donating money to Out of the Woods Wildlife, and if you have the means or desire to donate money, you can too. Each person that donates to the GoFundMe in the month of August will have the chance to win Real Life Ghost Stories merchandise of their choice, And we'll pick five winners at random. It doesn't matter how big or small your donation is because every little helps and you still get an equal chance to win some merchandise. We know that it's a difficult time financially for lots of people. So like always, there's no pressure to donate. But if you still want to help out, liking, following and sharing on social media is also a meaningful way to help small projects grow. Go and follow at Out of the Woods Wildlife on Instagram and check out outofthewoodswildlife.org for links to the GoFundMe and any information that you could want or need. The links for everything will be in the description of each episode of 30 Days of Terror and I'll be playing this little message every five episodes or so. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to day 10 of 30 Days of Terror. How are you? Ooh, I was literally just ready for you to read me a story there. I forgot we had to do an intro. Yeah. Apologies. It's all getting a bit uh, chaotic around here, but we're, we're getting there. We're surviving. I'm still enjoying it, to be fair. Don't forget that if you wish to donate to Out of the Woods Wildlife, you can do so by donating to their GoFundMe. When you donate to a GoFundMe, your name is immediately on display on that GoFundMe. So make sure that you don't put it down as anonymous. Otherwise, I'm not going to know who you are. I've got three stories for you today. Okay. Are you ready? No. Story number one comes from Melanie. When I was 17, my older sister came over with my two-year-old niece to visit. When they got to our house, my mom, sister and I stood at the bottom of the stairs, which was directly in front of the front door. My sister sat my niece on about the fifth or sixth step from the bottom and we stood there chatting for a few minutes. Suddenly, my niece falls forward and down the stairs. Strange as she was only sitting and not really moving around, but that could easily be explained away as two-year-olds are pretty unsteady on their feet. The strange thing was that right after she fell, my dog started pacing back and forth at the bottom of the stairs, looking up towards the top and growling at something we couldn't see. We were all creeped out, to say the least. We only lived in that house for a year before moving to Florida, and a few other strange things happened. 
like the stereo my little sister had would turn on and turn up full blast out of nowhere with no one near it. She had the same stereo years after, but it only happened in that house and on multiple occasions. I also had a strange sleep experience there where I felt like something was bearing down on my shoulders as I was laying in bed and I was trying to escape. I remember yelling out, but my screams were muffled and I couldn't get the sound out. I finally woke up and I was sitting at the top of the stairs crying. I never looked into the house history, but I wonder if something happened on those stairs. Those are the things that are really mention worthy from that house. But my niece falling was by far the scariest as she could have been seriously hurt. Thankfully she wasn't. My second story happened in 2008 in Orlando, Florida. My younger sister and I shared a small duplex with our kids, all three years old and under. One night my sister went out and I stayed in with the kids. The night was pretty uneventful. I got them all to bed, stayed up for a bit to watch TV and then went to bed at around 11. Our bedrooms were directly across the hall from each other. For context, the head of my bed was in front of my doorway and with our doors open I could see into her bedroom as I lay in bed. I left both of our bedroom doors open so I could hear the kids crying if they woke up. I turned off all the lights and only a little bit of light from the back porch was coming through the blinds in the window of my sister's room which I could see from my bed. As I'm laying in bed, not yet settled, I look over towards my sister's room and in front of the window I see a shadow of what I thought was my nephew moving around in front of the window playing. I called out his name and he doesn't make any sound. I'm sitting up on my bed now and still see his shadow moving around so I get up out of bed and ask him, what are you doing out of bed? I go in and turn on the light and both my niece and nephew were sound asleep in their beds. I know it can be explained away as my eyes playing tricks on me, but I'm so certain of what I saw. Enough so that I talked to him and got out of bed to put him back to sleep. I wasn't asleep. It wasn't a quick moving shadow that disappeared. It was there at least a solid minute or two. Nothing else ever happened there, but that was creepy enough for me. Mm. The first house does genuinely sound quite haunted doesn't it with the stereo and yeah and the dog yeah and like feeling the pressure when she's sleeping yeah that's kind of creepy but that that um shadow i think you can explain away shadows to a point but when it's that consi- when it's that when it's long yeah. enough for you to consciously make a choice to get out of bed to follow it it's like i don't know if you can call it a shadow if it's not a fleeting glimpse yeah. of it you know if it's a if it's a mass that is there playing and you think oh my nephew's out of bed i'm gonna get yeah. up and tell him to get back into bed yeah it was obviously long enough to have that cognitive thought so it's yeah mm. yeah not very nice but never saw it again my dad once had a car that the electric window broke malfunctioned and he used to go up and down all the time when you were driving <laughs> and oh my god honestly it was the worst. Hail, rain or snow, this window would be going up and down. <laughs> Wasn't haunted. Just very, very me energy to just not bother getting it fixed. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So our second story today comes from Anonymous. I guess I should start this story with a little background information first. 
When I was 16 years old, I joined my local fire department in a rural town in the northeastern United States. The company had three stations spread over our large area of responsibility. There was one large main station in the centre of town and two smaller stations out in the countryside. I had always spent my time at the main station, but once I went to university about 30 miles away, it became too far to travel on a regular basis. So I began hanging out at one of the remote substations that was closer to the university. The rural station was a small steel building, only large enough to house a fire engine and an ambulance. It was really more like a two-storey garage with some side rooms. Because of its tiny nature and remote location, my friends and I affectionately called it the roadhouse, sort of an American slang term mostly applied to dive bars in the middle of nowhere. This station was also different in the sense that nobody typically spent time there. Firefighters would usually respond to it for an emergency and then go home. It had a small rec room with a coffee table, TV and couch. It also had a small room with a desk holding a computer and the radios. Besides that, there was just a bathroom and some storage rooms upstairs that held old equipment. It was a truly small outpost. I soon found out that the lack of facilities wasn't the only reason nobody wanted to spend time there. Sometimes I would go there alone to study in the radio room and sometimes a friend would join me and we made a tradition of ordering pizza and watching TV in the rec room while waiting for an emergency alarm. The captain had told me he didn't care if non-members were there as long as I was responsible for their behaviour. Besides, they liked having a young member there more often to clean the place and make use of what little facilities they had. Most of the time, we would both leave at around 2 or 3 in the morning, but oftentimes I would spend the night there alone. We soon began to notice things we couldn't explain. Sometimes I would wake up on the couch in the middle of the night for no reason, with the TV just emitting static. We would constantly hear the sound of someone walking upstairs or loud bangs and noises coming from the vehicle bay. We explained away most of these things as sounds accompanying this type of building. After all, it was a prefabricated steel building with no insulation in a windy countryside area. But soon other things began happening too. The doors in the station would constantly be doing something they should not do. For starters, None of the doors in the station would close all of the way and latch on their own. The exteriors were heavy steel and equipped with key card access panels, but they would never close under their own weight. They always required an effort to jog them shut, as if the hardware wasn't properly aligned. The interior doors acted in the same way. I was even scolded a few times for leaving the exterior door unsecured because it hadn't closed all the way when I left. What was weird was that all of these doors would stick open constantly and then randomly shut on their own. The interior door of the recreation room would randomly pull shut. At first, we thought it must be because of the air pressure changing or our own movement causing enough vibration to get it shut. But we tried to recreate it and we just couldn't. We tried having someone stand on the second floor right above the door and jump up and down. We even tried opening and closing the doors to the room. Nothing we did could make the door close by itself predictably. While I was still outwardly sceptical, 
I began to know in the back of my mind that something unexplainable was going on. The exterior doors had similar issues. Sometimes I would hear the keypad beep and the door open, only to get up and see who was there and find that there was nobody there at all. Or I could hear the lock clicking open as if someone on the inside had tripped the motion sensor to unlock the door to leave. After some time of experiencing these things on my own or with one friend there, I arrived one afternoon to find a group of young members at the station. Apparently some political feuding at the main station had caused them to hang out at the smaller station for a bit. Amongst other conversations, one of the members asked me, Do you ever notice weird shit happening out here? I asked him to clarify what he meant and he responded, Like doors slamming and people walking around upstairs. I then told him that I had experienced it all too and we agreed that something was definitely going on. This sort of validated what I thought was going on. I couldn't possibly list all of the activity we experienced there without this story being too long so I'll just tell you about the worst events I experienced. One night I was sitting alone in the radio room studying for my midterms. The room had a nice desk and the radio chatter was a good background to break the silence. All of a sudden, I heard the sound of what could only be someone standing right behind me. It was the unmistakable sound of a shoe sliding on gritty, dirty tile flooring. One single swipe of the foot from right behind me. In a fraction of a second, I realised that my feet had not moved. I panicked, packed my things in a hurry and left immediately. About a month or so later, my friend and I spent the night watching TV in the recreational room and eating one of those pizzas that I mentioned earlier. It was about two in the morning and we decided to leave. With my friend already gone, I decided to warm up my vehicle and smoke a cigarette outside. Just before I was about to leave, I remembered that there was still about half of our pizza left in the refrigerator. As I walked back to the door to retrieve it, the heavy exterior door violently slammed shut. Although it was dark out, I could swear I saw the knob itself turn just before it slammed. It takes a lot to convince a college student to leave a pizza behind, but there was no way in hell I was going back into that building for it. One of the most terrifying experiences I had was when I spent the night in the station. It was around six in the morning the next day when I was just barely waking up. As I was lying there with my eyes shut, I could hear the TV playing loud static noises. All of a sudden, I heard someone yell in my face, Hey! It was loud, as if someone literally screamed in my face. As I sprang up, thinking someone must be angry with me, the door to the room slammed shut, and outside in the vehicle bay, the door to the fire engine slammed shut as well, violently shaking the walls separating the two areas. It was then that the emergency alarm went off and I went to get my gear on, barely processing what had just happened. Lastly, the most terrifying story of them all. One night, a few of my friends and I decided we wanted to try and get evidence of whatever it was that was causing these things to happen. We took plenty of photos of the whole building. Then we decided to set up some tests and ask the roadhouse ghost to complete some tasks to prove that it was real. 
We did a couple of things like ask questions on a voice recorder and stacked styrofoam cups on the coffee table to see if it could knock them down. I sat in a chair, facing the cups, looking at them through a thermal imaging device from the fire engine. All of this went without answer or incidents. Finally, I pointed the thermal imaging device at the interior door of the room and boldly asked it to close the door. At that moment, the exterior door to my left pulled open and then slammed shut with such force that it shook the walls of the building. I was too terrified to even look to my left, much less point the imager. We all left in a hurry and never engaged with the entity again. Once we reviewed the photos, we found only one that showed something odd. It was taken through the window of an exterior door and looked straight down the side of the fire engine in the unlit vehicle bay. Alongside the engine, at the end of the corridor, there was the shadowy outline of someone standing there, blocking the light coming from an adjacent hallway. After thinking about it all these years later, I think whatever was in that building was just lonely. It didn't like people falling asleep and tended to shut doors the most when people began talking about leaving. Unfortunately, I lost that photo and the laptop it was on due to theft from the university library, or I would have included it with this story. It's another haunted fire station story, isn't it? I know. That always happens with our stories, though. Yeah, they come in. It's really like coincidental and they come in pairs or they will have a series of stories about a similar thing, which is really strange, but I kind of love it. It's very serendipitous. It's a lot of activity listed there, right? Yeah. All the way through it, like various different little things going on. And then I love the door slamming. I was going to say that the the hay in his face sounded like exploding head syndrome until the doors, the doors started slamming. And I was like, oh, wait, hang on a second. Pretty sure you can't. I'm pretty sure that's not one of the exploding head syndromes. You had exploding head syndrome this morning, didn't you? I did. Terrified me. Heard someone screaming. I didn't know whether it was a... I thought it was... I thought it might be Bim, but it was really early in the morning. I didn't want to wake her up because it was too early to feed her. But then I was like, I had to go and check because I made sure she was all right. It wasn't her. She just looked at me like, what are you doing, you idiot? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was. There's nothing out in the street because I looked out in the street. I just heard something screaming and it was like, Ugh. and I was like, oh yeah. Was it like a, a scream of pain or yeah. like a, oh, mm. was it like a woman's scream? Yep. Oh, interesting. But I was like, I know foxes and animals sometimes make noises that our brain interprets it interprets as being female screams doesn't it there was well i was in bed the other night when you were streaming and somebody screamed on our street but it it wasn't like a, uh, a woman's scream it was like a ah, like a, somebody on, on their knees screaming in the lamplight you know that yeah. kind of thing i was like oh, i wonder what that was didn't bother checking no couldn't be bothered no yeah when someone's trying to break into a house you can't open the door to them well listen <laughs> And we've got one more story today. And our third story comes from Nicole. I was one of those kids that would creep Dan out. (laughs) I often saw and said things that didn't make much sense to those around me. When I was a toddler, I would play by myself in the dark hallway at my grandma's house. One day, my mom decided to ask me who I was talking to. And I replied, I'm playing with Devon. My mom then asked me what Devon looked like. And I said, well, she's just a baby in a white dress. My mom's close friend had had a baby that died shortly after childbirth, around the same time that I was born. Her name was Devon, 
and she was buried in a white dress. My aunt ran a video store in a huge building that was once a funeral home and I would often see people that nobody else could see. One encounter that I can personally remember quite vividly happened when I was 13. I was staying at my grandparents' house because they had internet and I wanted to chat with my friends on MySpace. Their house was built in the 1930s and was the type of house that had super creaky floors. Let's just say I never got away with trying to sneak a peek at the tree on Christmas morning. I was chatting away when I could hear what sounded like my grandpa who had Alzheimer's shuffling about in the hallway. I called out to him but nobody answered. I went back to my chat and then a few moments later I heard it again. I looked outside to see if maybe my dad or my uncle had come in but they were still outside smoking. I listened closely and I could distinctly hear the shuffle of feet then a tap and a floor creak. I got up and walked down the hallway to see if my grandpa was out of bed but he was sound asleep. Then I heard the footsteps slowly coming down the hall. Shuffle, shuffle, tap, creak. I slowly looked around and saw an old woman walking towards me with a walker. She stopped and reached out to me with one hand and then disappeared. I ran outside screaming and it took my dad quite a while to get me to calm down enough to tell him what had happened. He went pale, then looked at my uncle and they both walked inside to let my grandma know that I wouldn't be staying. I didn't go back to my grandparents' house for nearly a year. My grandma was showing me pictures of her family one day and she pulled out one that made me freeze with horror as I realised that the woman in the photo was the woman from the hallway. It was her mother. That set of grandparents practically raised me. My grandpa had a cattle farm that was family run, so we were all together pretty much all of the time. While my parents and my dad's siblings helped with the chores, I was inside learning to bake and cook with my grandma. Whenever my grandma would bake cookies, my grandpa would come inside, put his chair out from the table and sit in it facing the kitchen, waiting for an opportunity to hop up and steal some cookie dough. He passed away when I was 18. I got married, moved away and had a baby. On one of my visits back home with my son, my grandma asked me if I would bake cookies for her. My son, who was two at the time, was sitting on the counter where I used to sit and watch while I began mixing. I noticed my son staring at the kitchen table behind me and then I heard the distinct sound of the chair being pulled out from the table. I turned around saying, I'm baking sugar cookies thinking my grandma had sat down, but there was nobody there. Just my grandpa's chair, with the back against the wall, exactly where it would have been years before. Okay, so I know that the lady is Nicole's grandma's mum, but that was was creepy. I don't like the reaching out and then disappearing. I would never go back in the house again. That gave me goosebumps when I was reading that particular bit. But I love the bit about her granddad. Yeah, no, that's That's, really cute. I I mean, you are slaying me with your wholesome stories. I'm here for it. And I think, you know, when it's someone you know, it's slightly slightly less scary. But an old woman with a walker reaching out to you in the night when you're 13 is probably terrifying. I'm also not down with her being a creepy kid either. Sorry, Nicole, but you're absolutely 100% right. It's one of those kids that would freak me out playing in the dark on your own with a ghost baby. 
Yeah, yeah, no, no, thank you. Imagine being her mum though, and she's like, "Oh, Nicole, who are you playing with?" And she's like, "Devin, she's a little baby with a white dress." Oh, you'd shit yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You would. You'd be like, "Oh dear lord," because if she had said, "Oh, it's it's Julia," she's a little baby. You'd be like, "Okay, yeah, whatever." Yeah, Julia, Julia, a baby wearing a pink dress or something like that. You'd yeah, just be fine. like, "Okay, yeah, good imagination, whatever." Get on with it. I find it creepy, but Devin is not um like a a, a, a just a go to name and this, in that regard. You know, we always say that kids are very. Uh, attentive and intuitive and hear things that we don't expect them to hear but that is just something that you would not expect your two-year-old to know to be able to build it into a creation no absolutely not so if you enjoyed today's episode can you do it today so if you enjoyed today's episode go to our website www.reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and you can find links to all of our social media uh, links to the merch, links to our Patreon, where if for $5 a month or $2 a month, you can get extra content and various other things on the website, such as pictures of BIMs and um, whatever else is on there. But that, that was much more concise than I do it. Well, that you built the website for that reason, so I thought we might, we might as well start with that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and uh, if you want to send your own story, you can send it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. Which is on the website as well. Which is also on the website. <laughs> and... On that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.